It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Across the UK, online and on DAB Digital Radio, Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. All the action, excitement and drama from across the entire women's game, including the Women's Super League. Played off the line by Steph Horton. The UEFA Women's Champions League and the Euro 2021 qualifiers. Lana Clellan striking from outside the penalty area. World beating, big match conversation on the station that's raising the game for women's football. And she scored... Women's Football Weekly with Faker Others on TalkSport 2. Welcome to Women's Football Weekly. After arriving to much fanfare, it's already farewell to Alex Morgan. Yeah, I've loved it, honestly. Like, I, I've really enjoyed my time here. Five appearances and two goals for Spurs. It was short but sweet, and now she's heading back stateside. Her USA teammate stars as United hit six past Bristol City and head into Christmas top of the table... United again with another opportunity and there's goal five. It's a brilliant strike from Tobin Heath. And bronze is best. FIFA best. When things settle down and that's probably when it'll sink in or and, you know, the new year comes in, I can think, wow, 2020 is the year that I actually won. They're like the best player in the world. Like, it's crazy. We'll hear from England, Manchester City and FIFA best winner Lucy Bronze. Plus, catch up on all the rest of the action from the FAWSL and Championship. This is Women's Football Weekly, National Radio's only dedicated women's football show. Women's Football Weekly with Fake Carruthers. Hi, I'm Jordan Nobbs and you're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. Hello, hello. This is our last show before Christmas. I hope you're at least feeling a tiny little bit festive, if possible. Uh, Lovely to have you with us. Right, I've got some guests with me today. Jenna Scalacci, former Tottenham captain. Great to have you back on Women's Football Weekly. How are you doing? Good, thank you. Good to be back. Hope you're well. Yes, very good. Very good. Casey Wyatt, now women's football journalist at The Athletic. You've swapped jobs since we spoke to you last. I have, yeah, but hopefully uh, it's not lost any of the expertise or knowledge. I'm sure you haven't. I'm sure you've gained plenty. Uh, Right, let's kick off with the breaking news from today. Alex Morgan's going to be returning to the US in the new year. So the 31-year-old joined Tottenham, you'll remember, from Orlando Pride in September. Made just five appearances, but scored twice, both of them penalties. Uh, But the two-time World Cup winner made waves when she washed up on the other side of the Atlantic. We waited an age to see her in action. Was it worth it? I mean, Jenna, you coach at Tottenham still. What impact did she make? 
she had a massive, massive impact on the players, even just being around the team for them three months that she was here. Um, it's clear to see now, if you go on Instagram and Twitter, that the players are just sweeping her, her praises. I think the impact that she's had, even just on the training pitch for, for the younger girls, I think it's been massive because she... She's had her injury struggles, which has obviously limited time um, and halted her getting back to fitness. But it's disappointing in the sense that she's going home now when she was just getting back to her form. You could see her creating chances in the last match. She's got her first 90 minutes. But even just from from my point of view, um, for 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 Tottenham as a club, like that's absolutely massive. And for women's football over here now, I think she's pushed it to a whole new level. Yeah, it's really interesting you say that. In, in terms of what she did actually do, what what was the impact exactly? She was really all for just pushing the team forward, um, just and and the women's league in general. I think from my experience with her, I'm co- coaching on a college program down in um, Southgate, and she came over one afternoon uh, two weeks ago to meet my girls. We surprised her. We surprised the girls and it was then when I realised just how much of a superstar she is. My girls, they never stopped talking. They were, one of them was crying. They were so nervous. They were like absolutely starstruck and she spent an hour of her time down there in the freezing cold pouring rain. Just, she was actually asking them questions in the end because they were so nervous. But one of the girls actually a passing statement said, oh, Alex Morgan's the reason I play football. Um, we fed that back to Alex and then after her appearance, she invited that, player down to the Tottenham match against Aston Villa so for that player now Bridget she'll remember that for the rest of her life so that I think that just speaks wonders for her on and off the pitch really that's given me goosebumps what what a lovely what a lovely story and that's what these kind of players can do isn't it because you know that there, there was you know question marks when she came over here of why she was coming over here and regaining her fitness and you know was it just a big commercial thing but actually you know it it does sound as if she's done exactly that and really embraced her time here she said herself in her closing statement I'll be forever grateful to my club my teammates and Spurs supporters for taking such good care of me and my family because of course it was a big deal for her as well having given birth earlier on this year she was trying to regain her fitness and doing it in in, in another country yeah absolutely I think when she came over I think everybody kind of knew it was the reason she came for Tottenham is because they kind of matched for what Tottenham wanted and for what Alex wanted she needed to regain fitness and it was the perfect fit I think now she's she's nearly at that level and as you say is a is she, she's got a young child she's away from her family it's a massive step and especially with with what's going on in the world I would totally understand why she's going back now mm. Katie Wyatt commercially though we mentioned it there what difference has she made commercially to Tottenham and just just getting the club out there I mean any, any more kind of USA fans uh, now looking at the WSL because of Alex Morgan um, yeah, I mean, I think she fits in with the overall pattern of Sam Mewis, Rose Lavelle, Tobin Heath, etc, etc, all coming over and bolstering the WSL's international profile. I think the one sort of source of regret is that these games have been played behind closed doors because could you imagine the reception and the interest and the attendances for people coming to watch Alex Morgan? But then the other half of that argument is we probably wouldn't have had her in this country if it weren't for COVID anyway. So I do think it's um, a little bit of a shame that we haven't been able to see that side of it but as a as a player who at the start of her um journey in the WSL had more followers than the Spurs men's Twitter account the scale of her commercial pull and the precedent I think it sets for Spurs in that they are eventually hopefully going to become a club that kind of can attract these sort of names um is a real 
I think, reminder for them of just how much they can achieve in the women's game and how far they can go if they do want to take it seriously. And that is a really important point to make as well, that without COVID, we wouldn't have had the opportunity, I don't think, to have seen a a lot of these players. So if we're going to take any positives out of this appalling year uh, for everybody, I suppose that that is one uh, to take. However, I do have to steer the conversation back around to COVID, unfortunately, because uh, over the weekend, West Ham, Aston Villa uh, had to be postponed because of an outbreak of COVID at the training ground that houses the academy and women's team. And Chelsea Spurs was postponed as well after a number of positive COVID tests in the Chelsea camp. Now we're seeing this across the country across all tiers of the game, men and women's. There was an outbreak at Newcastle in the Premier League. Two more players announced today uh, to have contracted it. Millwall in the Championship, two games postponed. I've just seen some breaking news that Ipswich have announced their next two fixtures in League One will be postponed uh, following an outbreak there. Portsmouth have said it's widespread uh, within their camp too. Sunderland postponed their uh, three matches from last Wednesday on top of it. And then also today, we heard from the RFU that the start of the championship season is going to be delayed by two months until March, also because of the pandemic. Um, Katie Wyatt, is it time that football thought about putting things back on hold again like it did in March? Uh, I think it's very, very difficult to say. I mean, I think having seen Project Restart and having seen the WSL go for many months with very few positive tests... um, I do wonder what's caused this sudden recent spate of them all over the country in all different divisions and tiers. I think it's very odd to see that when we have had for quite a number of months fairly straightforward or as straightforward as it can be returned to sport. So I'd be interested in what the reasons behind that actually are. But I do think it's very, very difficult for footballers across the men and women's games. You know, the testing isn't compulsory in the lower um, echelons of the men's football league so you are inevitably going to have games called off and players that don't necessarily feel safe you're going to have a situation in the women's game whereas we've seen over the weekend players that can't return home um, because of the new travel restrictions and the tier system and everything so I think all sorts of people are having to make really tough decisions and really make some sacrifices and it's just difficult to see but I do think maybe it's a little bit too early to make a call like that bearing in mind that for the vast majority of weeks of the season the WSL's returned and been fine and everything and it's been such a battle to get women's sport in particular back that I would worry that we'd be pulling the plug a little bit too soon if we were to suddenly scale it back a bit now. Yeah that's a really good point. Can can you see what the difference is Jenna? I mean is there anything with the way that the the, the clubs are running or or anything different being done or perhaps people just feeling a little bit more relaxed? Yeah, I don't think anything's been done any differently to to how it was at the beginning of the season. Um, maybe on your point there where people may just be a little bit more relaxed towards the end of the, this first half of the season. That's the only reason I can think of it. Because as far as I know, they're still getting the testing in. But then again, if they get tested on a Monday, they could contract it the next day and it not show up until their next test on a Friday. By then, they're already in and around the other teammates so it is really difficult and it's uh, it's just a really difficult time across the whole of the sporting community at the moment and of course when teams play other teams you know th- then all the other teams have to self-isolate and it, it's just self-perpetuating isn't it yeah it, it's a very difficult time and, and the amount of work as Katie said to get the project restart back up and going um, and now hopefully this two-week break for the for the girls the players the players isolating and maybe January 
we'll start afresh but it just it's, it's just a very difficult challenge and it's a hard one to answer mm, very difficult but listen jenna it, it has been the first time we've spoken to you since um juan amaros and karen hills uh, left spurs i think many people were surprised when that was announced um a, a few weeks ago uh, just towards the end of november beginning of december wasn't it third uh, of december i think H- have you spoken to them both how are they yeah I've, um i've always had a very good relationship with them both obviously i've been, they've managed me for 12 seasons and obviously they're 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 gutted they're disappointed but I think football at this elite level it comes it's part of the package and it they had the best result against Arsenal the, the night it happened it's the closest the club have ever got to Arsenal in terms of of results so I think uh having the news received that the, the morning after that um was a big blow for them um, but the results at the end of the day, it's a result-driven league, and and they weren't getting the results at the time. Um, and Rianne's come in, and 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 it's kind of given the team the boost they need with two wins off the back of their last two performances. Yeah, back-to-back games, Brighton and and Villa under Rianne Skinner. I mean, I think a lot of people were surprised that um, she was brought in the same day as Juan and Karen um, left their jobs. But I mean that although it might leave a bitter taste in, in in some people's mouths, I suppose if you look at it on the flip side, you could say that actually, you know, women's football has progressed in, in that way and it's becoming a bit more ruthless. Exactly, and I think that's what people have been pushing for for so many years, to get it at this professional level. And, and it is part of the game and as harsh as, as horrible it is, and it was awful, you know, to see my close friends have to go through that but it is part of the game and they and they know that um and but they'll they'll come back stronger from it i have no doubt yeah i i agree with you um i'm looking forward to talking to them to them both in the new year and finding out what their plans are that's for sure but let's just focus on rianne skinner very quickly what exactly is she going to bring i mean clearly she's brought that kind of new manager boost if you like or new head coach boost is is her official title um but but what else is she going to bring to this spurs side to, to to take them forward I think she's already brought fresh ideas that they look a lot more threatening on the attack. I think in previous matches, we were struggling in the final third, which in the last two matches, we, it hasn't been a problem for Tottenham. They've created chances and scored six goals in two matches, which I think is more than they've scored all season so far. I think she's obviously worked in around England youth players. She's worked with some of the players through that system and that setup. So she knows a few of our girls anyway but um i think a new fresh idea and, and positive and she's brought um the belief to the girls which maybe they might have been lacking after the poor start yeah absolutely good point we look forward to seeing what tottenham hotspur can do in the new year you're listening to women's football weekly on talk sport 2 i'm faker others alongside casey wyatt from the athletic and former spurs captain jenna scalacci coming up we're going to round up all the action from the barclays fawsl and look at what's been going on in the women's championship This is Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the only show on national radio dedicated to women's football with Faker Others, former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci and Katie Wyatt from The Athletic. Don't forget, if you miss any of our shows or you want to listen again, our podcast is available on the TalkSport app, so you can download it today. Just go to our podcast section. Uh, Now then, back-to-back cancellations for Birmingham City due to a waterlogged pitch at Solihull Moors. Uh, We're only just entering weather cancellation season, plus COVID. That's going to be interesting come January. Also postponed, as we discussed earlier, West Ham, Aston Villa and Chelsea Spurs. So the latest round of FAWSL matches in 2020 
saw just three games, but 15 goals. again through Mead and there is the opener inside four minutes Arsenal find the breakthrough against Everton McKeever can't get anything on it and Jen Beattie does have her goal her second of the season as a defender like clean sheet is the most important thing and, and the three points and uh, I thought all the girls were brilliant today so we can uh, go into Christmas with a, a good three points under our belt Ultra trips in field, turns, has a look up, hits the shot, fierce drive, it's a wonderful goal, and Lee Olsen strikes for Manchester United. United again with another opportunity, and there's goal five. It's a brilliant strike from Tobin Heath. First time here, just spots Bagley off of her line ever so slightly, and one of the world's best with a spectacular strike. I have to be really pleased with how we use the ball, some of the goals were outstanding um, and a pleasure to see and watch and to even be in the stadium to see them. So yeah, really pleased. Obviously we managed to get more minutes into people today as well and most importantly we, we finish the year you know, in a position that puts us in a really strong position for the second half of the season. And it came out to Fishlock, she made no mistake, her second of the game and she wasn't going to miss from there. but plenty of goals for us to get our teeth into. Let's kick off, shall we, with Manchester United 6, Bristol City 1. So Manchester United topping the table uh, by four points. Chelsea with two games in hand after having two games cancelled due to COVID, uh, though. Uh, but Jenna Scalacci, an impressive performance again from Casey Stoney's side. Yeah, they're absolutely flying at the moment. They're just, they are, they deserve to be top of the league. I think every game that I've watched them play this season, they're just relentless and the power they've got going forward. I think for me, um, Leah Goulton has really been their hero of this, this side of the first half of the season. She's, she's just an absolute warrior terrier down that left-hand wing and I, I don't miss having to play against her, to be honest. <laughs> I bet you don't. I bet you don't. Um, so, yeah, two fantastic go- uh, goals from Galton. Five league goals this season. Uh, Heath yeah. with a screamer as well. Got two. Could have perhaps had a hat-trick, Katie Wyatt. Yeah, I mean, I agree with Jen entirely. It was such a relentless performance from them and I think quite a needed one as well because I think the one thing that you could criticise them for amid all the plaudits and praise that they're so rightfully getting is the fact that they haven't really before today killed any of the lesser teams off, I think. You watch them play the likes of West Ham, for, for instance, where Arsenal, Chelsea, Manchester City will slot four or five past them. And it always feels a lot harder work for Manchester United where they are drawing and they have to come back to win or they come from behind. So I think for them to be so relentless and for their goals to just be so so much quality, the Leah Golden one from, well, two excellent ones, one from distance and one from a really, really odd, difficult angle, were just sublime. And I think for them to dismantle Bristol City with the ruthlessness that they did was just a massive, massive step forward for them not looking good for Bristol City though Jenna is it I mean Ebony Salmon got the consolation goal but you know it's still no wins for them yeah it's a difficult period for them they're just they're just they're, nothing's going their way at the moment um, 
there's no easy games in this league and they're just really against it at the moment. Um, as you say, Ebony Salmon got her goal, as she always does against Man United and a <laughs> former Manchester United player. Um, they do have a lot of talent within the team, but there's just something that's not, not working right now. And to be at the bottom of the table at this time of the season is, is really worrying and they'll be looking at they'll have to get off to a flyer in January to get out of that relegation battle. Mm, United, on the other hand, though, Katie, looking more and more like champions to you, perhaps. Could somebody break into that top three? Could it be Manchester United winning the season? I mean, I wouldn't put it past them. I think Chelsea are still probably favourites just because of the way that they've started the season as well. They haven't really, really put a foot wrong. Um, so I think they're probably the closest people who will get to catching them. But I just think that there is so much to admire about this Manchester United team. I think that Casey Stoney has been really wise in her recruitment when she has brought in people, yes, the American superstars and Jackie Gronin, but also people like Hayley Ladd, who may be a little bit quieter or less well-known, but are still really doing an important role for them. Um, but I think the most significant and important thing for me is that the vast majority of this team are players that were in the championship with them and won promotion from that league and that Jen probably played against during that campaign when they were trying to get into the WSL and when Spurs got in with them as well. And I think when you look at players like Millie Turner, Leah Galton, for instance, for them to now be players who are really going toe-to-toe and, and coming off well against the better WSL team is a real feather in stone. It's cut to have developed the players in the way that she has. Mm, one of those US superstars that you mentioned, Kristen Press, revealed this week that she's never been so sick. She's been out since November the 19th, uh, that City game. It's not COVID. Do we know anything else about what's going on with her, Katie? Uh, not that I've heard. No, I'll have to have a ring round and, and find out. But obviously, we'll, uh, we wish her all the best. Yes, absolutely. Sorry to spring that on you. <laughs> I thought you'd know know a little bit more, but no, we, we we don't seem to know very much about that. So as you say, we wish her uh, the best for sure. Uh, now then, uh, team back at their best, Arsenal 4, Everton 0. And Vivienne Miedema are dropping to the bench for the first time this season, Jenna. I know. I bet Everton were loving that when they saw the team sheet. And maybe that's... But then for them to still go on to win 4-0 without Vivian starting just shows what a great team they are. And, and you know, she's not just the only player in that team. Um, Jordan Nobbs got on the store, score sheet and then Ford's come in for um, made him and, and got on the short score sheet and done her job. Um, I think Everton, though, I think they'll be very disappointed with the way they started. Um, conceded two goals very early on and against a team like Arsenal you, you can't do that there's no coming back from it and uh, they'll be very disappointed with their performance yesterday mm, 62% possession for Arsenal limiting Everton to just the one shot on target Katie and Everton haven't had a league win since the 11th of October yeah, I do feel very sorry for them because I think they've had a very difficult run in terms of coming up against Manchester City and Arsenal, so kind of almost back-to-back nearly, um, during a run when they've been without Gabby George, they've been out there without their um, key attacking threat in Govan, um, and without Claire Emsley and loads of other people. It's a very weak and depleted squad for them almost, and it's a real shame because at the start of this season, Everton, apart from Manchester United, were kind of billed as the team that would close that gap to the big three and be the team that would leap into that top four. So it's been a frustrating few weeks for them, I think, that 
there are still lots of promising moments and I think you see Sandy McKeever even in games where they are losing very heavily is playing with real promise and making some really impressive saves but I think it's just a shame that injuries have derailed them but also that they've not really been getting the basics right that I think they afforded Arsenal far too much space and they've been pretty generous with set pieces as well in terms of not closing down properly so I think it's back for basics to them and hope that the treatment room is a little less full when they return after the winter break. Yeah that's always a always a killer for, for clubs isn't it you know hit have a have a big hit of injuries particularly when you've been flying high and it kind of just pops the the balloon a little bit doesn't it um Brighton one Reading three two goals and an assist for Jess Fishlock who's on fire at the minute Jenna yeah she is she can't stop scoring I think this this fixture I think both point uh, both teams really needed three points and towards the end of the uh, 90 minutes it could have gone either way but Reading uh, came away with the three points a well-needed uh, three points for them. I think it was their first victory since October. Um, Brighton's really struggling to pick up any points at the moment. They've had a bad run of games. Yeah, um, 100 appearances for Reading's Rachel Rowe, though, Katie, which is pretty impressive. Yeah, definitely. And I think that she used to be a prison officer before she became a footballer. Love that. So Didn't know that. The, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, she's fairly sure that she's sort of done a little video feature about it that you'll have to dig out on the internet somewhere. But yeah, she's one of a few Reading players that sort of had lives before football almost. Um, so she's a player with a really interesting backstory, I think, and one that is just testament to how long she's been in the game and how loyal she's been to Reading that she's clocked up that many appearances just as they've come into this professional era and has kind of remained that stalwart for them almost is there life before football I don't don't know if there is Um, (laughs) we just need to very quickly uh, touch on Birmingham boss Carla Ward who was charged with improper conduct last uh, Tuesday Um, uh, what more do we know about that uh, Katie Uh, I, I think her comments were regarding officiating yeah, which is always a very tricky one because, I mean, she's not the only manager that has criticised referees and we've seen lots of them do it. And But we have, in kind of to defend them on that, also seen very um, poor decisions and very glaring errors that have gone the opposite way and, and have really done for teams. So I do think it's a rule that I find very, very difficult to stomach sometimes because I think that managers in the women's game in particular, when we do talk about the standards of refereeing and only very recently was a point system introduced so that referees could kind of be promoted and relegated between divisions and games and things like that. So I do feel that it's a little bit harsh just given the context of where refereeing is in the women's game and by shining a light on where it's falling short and what needs to be done and everything, I feel that that's a really important step that needs to be taken. So it's something that I've always found a little bit difficult to stomach in with the women's game in particular. Mm. Now, before we get stuck into a little bit of championship, some housekeeping with the midweek matches, Champions League and Conti Cup. So Chelsea through uh, to the championship, uh, to the Champions League round of 16, 8-0 aggregate win over Benfica. Manchester City through 5-1 on aggregate over Gothenburg. Uh, the draw for the round of 16 won't be until the 16th of February, so a little bit of time to wait for that. In the Conti Cup quarter-final draw, these fixtures, hopefully, fingers crossed, will be played on the 13th and 14th of January. Uh, Bristol will play Aston Villa, West Ham will play Durham, Crystal Palace will play Leicester City and Manchester City will play Chelsea. So we are guaranteed, at least, to get a championship club in the semi-finals, which is very exciting. Uh, so it was top of the table clash between Durham and Liverpool at the weekend, and it was Durham who came out on top of this one. Two nil winners over Liverpool, who've been quite disappointing overall, Casey, haven't they this season? 
Uh, yeah, it might be a little bit harsh because of the championship, I think, Leicester have invested heavily. Durham have always been very, very strong. So I think that maybe we forget how strong they are. But certainly with the name that they've got behind them and as a WSL team that were relegated, you would hope that they would come straight back up. So I think it's a little bit disappointing in that regard. But it was always maybe slightly erroneous to expect them to really, really run away with it and turn it into a procession, I think. Is Vicky Jepson under any pressure, would you say, Jenna? Um. I don't think so. No, I think as Katie said, it's a very strong league. Um, I've played in it myself for two seasons. It's a, hard, a really hard one to get out of. And Leicester, given uh, Liverpool, given their name, you would expect them to come back and, and the hype around them. But I think the pressure on the players, I think it can affect them differently. I think some players thrive on the pressure. So like your experienced players might be used to that. I think they've got a lot of youth in that team as well. Um, and I think... I don't think she's under any pressure just yet. I think it'd be very, very harsh if she was to to suffer because of this. Mm, Absolutely. So Sheffield United drew 0-0 with London City. Blackburn Rovers uh, lost uh, 3-2 to Leicester City, who are now top. I'll run through the tables at the end of the show, don't you worry. Um, And London Bees is a one-all draw with Coventry United. Uh, You are listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Others alongside former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci and Katie Wyatt from The Athletic. If you miss any of the show, you can catch up by downloading the TalkSport app and subscribing to our podcast. Search Talk Sport Women's Football Weekly. Coming up on the only dedicated national radio show for women's football, Lucy Bronze on being the best. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2, the UK's only national radio show dedicated to women's football with me, Faker Others, alongside former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci and Katie Wyatt from The Athletic. Now then, big news this week. Manchester City defender Lucy Bronze has won Best Women's Player at the FIFA 2020 Awards. The 29-year-old defender is the first English player to win the Best FIFA Football Awards prize. She beat Denmark's Pinilla Harder and France's Wendy Renard to claim the award 
at a virtual ceremony in Zurich and spoke to the press afterwards. I'm not really a fan of individual awards, but I think, you know, being the first English player and, and being a defender, you know, ticking those kind of boxes off makes me really proud to know that I've shown other people, you know, the capabilities, uh, what what you can do, what you can achieve. So I think I'm kind of more proud of the people that are kind of I'm representing uh, when I win these awards, when I get nominated, you know, representing defenders, you know, we don't always get the limelight. So I think that was quite special, especially being that it was being nominated alongside Wendy Renard, who's yeah, one of my favourite players in the whole world. The standard of women's football's just gone through the roof, really. And the players that are getting nominated, the players that are performing on the big stage, is, it's just getting crazy each year. The people are popping up and, you know, Pinnell Harder and Wendy Renard either one of them would have been just as deserving as myself of, of the award. Two players who have been exceptional, you know, over the past kind of five years that I can remember playing with and against them both. So I'm definitely very proud to, to kind of be up there alongside the best of the best. This award for me is felt more like a, an accumulation of successes that I've kind of had over previous two, three, four years uh, coming off of a a decent World Cup last year, winning the Champions League multiple times, uh, being fairly successful with England, being successful with Lyon, coming back being successful with City. Um, I think it's just an accumulation of constantly being part of successful teams and, and doing well. I sit there and think, what can I pinpoint this year? What you know, there's so many people that could pinpoint similar things and have done. You know, Wendy Renard has played the same games that I've played this year. Um, she's won the same trophies that I won for Lyon this year. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's just, you know, coming so close last year, being nominated again, I was thinking, oh, I'll, I'll not win it again. If I'm not won it last year, I won't win it this year. It's quite nice because it feels like it's not just for this year. It's been, you know, a lot of hard work over the past few years. Sometimes I maybe strive for goals that I think deep down I'm thinking this is not possible. But I'm going to go for it. I believe in myself. I'm going to work hard as possible and, and try and get myself to the top, try and get myself in these good positions. You know, my aim is never to win the best awards, but I obviously want to be the best. I don't care about being known as the best. I don't care about the title, but I want to be the best at what I do. I want to, every single thing, whether it's in training or games, I want to be the best. I want to win. And um, that's always been ingrained in me. So I feel like a young Missy Bronze would have been very happy to to kind of take that challenge upon herself to try and be the best. Um, and actually, funny enough, pretty much all of the previous winners have all messaged me last night to congratulate me, which is really nice. Um, but all players that I've looked up to throughout my career. Um, so it's kind of surreal for me to, to feel like I'm kind of up there with them. Um, you know, my name's on that plaque forever now. My name will be there for the rest of history now. So I think that's... I don't think I've really thought about that until you've just said it now, but um, that is kind of crazy and kind of exciting. And to be alongside players, you know, Marta, Marta is someone who's won this award and I won the same award as Marta. Like that's, that's crazy. That's someone who was just, when I was younger, it was just incredible. Um, so it, it is kind of scary to think that I'm kind of in and around those names now, but maybe in Christmas when things settle down and, that's probably when it'll sink in or, and, you know, the new year comes in, I can think, wow, 2020 is the year that I actually won 
they're like the best player in the world. Like, it's crazy. So the world's best player, Lucy Bronze, there speaking to us. And she's so humble. It was really funny listening to her talking because she said she's got all these different awards and they're all boxed up and she doesn't actually put them on display anywhere, despite her mum saying that that she should do. She said maybe she'll bring them out one day if she has any grandkids and, and, and show them all. Um, but she, you know, wants to just keep them to herself until she's finished playing. Um, but what a phenomenal player, Jenna Scalacci. Was she the rightful winner? Oh, 100%. She's an absolute phenomenon of a player. I think she's the ultimate role model. She's humble, just on the pitch. Not only is she the best defender, she's also attacking going forward. She's so, so dangerous and, and, and the best around. So for me, I, I think she 100% deserves it. She's overcome lengthy injury spells earlier on in her career. I read earlier that she was actually working part-time in a pizzeria while she was at Everton at the beginning of the decade. <laughs> Um, so that just shows how far she's come. But for me, 100% servant of that award. Yeah, Katie, I mean, she, she's always very humble whenever uh, we talk to her, isn't she? She's a pleasure to, to, to interview, but so driven. Definitely, yeah. And I think what's interesting, I don't know if the audio was from the press conference immediately after the awards or the one that Man City did a few days later but with Manchester City they were sort of saying oh what would your younger self think when you if you you told her that she won this award and she sort of said not that she wasn't surprised but that she had always been so driven to be the best and she sort of would have thought yeah I can do that and I'm gonna make that a goal and I think to hear as Jenna was saying the amount of injuries that she has had to overcome and the lack of support that she's been very open about having um, in terms of her knee injury specifically. Um, so, and the decision to go to Lyon at a time when not many English players had done the um, going abroad to a team in Europe thing with a different language to overcome and a language barrier. So there's so much that I think she's just been focused on and knowing exactly what player she wants to be and exactly what she can achieve and exactly what she needs to do to do that. So I think that she is probably one of the most focused and driven players that we have seen of her generation. Mm. Uh, Sarah Buadi of uh, of Lyon uh, took the best for best goalkeeper of, of 2020 as well. And then Netherlands coach Serena Wiegmann, of course, who's taking over from Phil Neville as England boss next year was named uh, the best women's coach of 2020 that was kind of the surprise of the night she beat Jean-Luc Vasseur the Lyon coach and Emma Hayes of Chelsea as well Vasseur in particular the big favourite uh, having achieved a new treble in his successful career at Lyon was that a little bit of a, a strange one for, for you Jenna? Yeah absolutely I mean you wouldn't I mean, it shows how far again the women's game is coming and going, and it's and it's great for for England's future, I guess. But no, I guess she's she's deserving of it, and why not? Lucy Bronze actually was delighted for the soon-to-be England coach. Uh, she can't wait to start working with her. Well, I think when the FA were talking about successes of of Phil and who's going to be next, um, you know, myself and Steph Orton were involved in some of the early talks and as soon as I heard Serena's name mentioned I was like that that is exactly who I want um I didn't even know it was possible but I was thinking this is a woman who's done the things that in my head I'm thinking that's what England want to do we want we keep hitting semi-finals uh consistently hitting semi-finals so we know we're a good team but we need that little bit extra to get to the next step and We've got a home Euros coming. Well, we've obviously got Olympics, but for Serena, we've got a home Euros and then a World Cup straight after it. And we're getting a manager who's won a home Euros and then has got to a final of a World Cup. 
Um, so I think that's exciting. And she's now officially been named as the best coach in the world. So there's literally no one else better out there who we could have got uh, to take over and, and to take us to the next level. Casey Wyatt, is she going to take England to the next level? Um, I'd like to think so, yeah. I think what she has achieved in the Netherlands in taking a pretty unfancied team and then really driving the national interest there and really um, turning them into a team that dominated their own Euros and were pretty impressive at the World Cup. It's really admirable. And I think that Phil Neville took them on in terms of style. I think before England were a very pragmatic team and he brought them on stylistically, but sometimes you've looked at them and thought, well, I'm not sure what they're trying to do here or they're not clinical enough. So it's about finding a manager who's able to still improve their style and their flair and make them into a really attractive team but who also can be very pragmatic when needed and make them into a really really dangerous team so I think getting one of the most highly rated coaches in with the women's game was a real real good move by the FA and hopefully she'll be the person to really drive them on in the next few years. Mm, just finally wrapping up these awards really interesting to see Megan Rapino making it into FIFA Pro's World 11 but then tweeting her own surprise because she hasn't actually played since March. Um, she's called for more investment in women's football in, in the statement that she made but it was a little bit of a surreal ad wasn't it Jenna? <laughs> it was but I think she's actually spot on I know sometimes she's very outspoken and she can um, but I think that statement she made I think it's it's spot on I think she hasn't played since March but has been named in the best 11 there's so much talent out there at the moment that, that are deserving of that that her place probably and they played for you know the whole season so I think I see where she's coming from um and and she's being honest and, and she always has been and that's what we know about her. Um, she is a quality player and, and she deserves to be where she is. But I think maybe this, this year round, I think she's right in the sense that she hasn't played a lot of football. So it seems seems strange that she would make the best 11. Yeah, I agree with you. It just seems lazy. It seems like someone's gone, oh, I know, the most famous uh, female player on the planet, Megan Rapinoe, let's stick her in, shall we? And, you know, she made the point, as you say, Jenna, so many phenomenal female players around the world. All of us need to do what we can to recognise them. The fact I was selected once again sheds light on the fact that in order to push our game forward, we need continued investment in the women's game to give more female players the opportunity to be seen on TV in their home countries and globally while performing for club and country. And at least here in the UK, there was an announcement this week, Katie Wyatt, uh, that we may well get to see more of our um, home players, uh, particularly on domestic television. Definitely. I think what Rapino said was really, really spot on. And I agree that a lot of these rewards really throw into fairly sharp relief just how difficult it is to watch a lot of the best women's players in the world I think the Champions League in particular is the one that's really really tricky to watch so the news that the BBC potentially going to be the ones to come on board with WSL games in far more favourable time slots and not tucked away on the red button or not have a highlight show tucked in after midnight is a really really significant move to bringing some of those players and their stories out into wider consciousness and awareness. Mm, absolutely. You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on TalkSport 2. I'm Faker Ruthers. That was the thoughts of Katie Wyatt from The Athletic and former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci, who are with us. If you miss any of the show, you can find our podcast by downloading the TalkSport app, searching for Women's Football Weekly. Uh, next, we are going to hear more from Lucy Bronze, but this time on her ambitions for 2021. 
You're listening to Women's Football Weekly on Talk Sport 2. I'm Faker Others and keeping you company with me is former Tottenham captain Jenna Scalacci and Katie Wyatt from The Athletic. Now then, I just want to bring you a little bit more from Lucy Bronze because it was a really fascinating interview that she gave. Manchester City uh, invited a load of us journalists uh, to listen to her and she was fascinating when she was talking about her ambitions uh, for the season and insisting that we've not actually even seen the best of her yet. The start of 2020... I felt in really, really good form. Um, I think I got five assists across three games or something crazy like that. Was, and then I got injured just before the She Believes. I was so devastated because I was thinking that I wanted to go to the She Believes and, and bring that form there. And obviously the world shut down. Um, but then going to the Champions League, trying to get yourself back up for, for the French Cup and the, the Champions League and playing in them games felt good. And then coming back to City, is, I think it was a move that I thought Oh, I'm coming back to City. I've been here before. I play with these girls. It's going to be fine. It's going to be smooth. And then I actually got hit with an injury that I'm kind of still, I've been struggling with the entire time I've been back home. Um, but I'm kind of getting my feet on the ground now. I feel like I'm settling with the team just as Christmas is hitting. Um, so I don't feel like I've probably been in my best form yet at City. I've not had my best game yet in the City show. I know that for sure. I've come back to England because um, I want to be successful with City. I want to be successful with an English club. Um, winning the Champions League was amazing but I don't think there would be a better feeling domestically than doing it with an English club doing it with City where I've got so much history uh, previously I've won all over trophies uh, FA Cup League Cup the league with this club I'd love to you know go that next step get to that final and lift that trophy with this club it would be kind of a big moment I think that definitely would be what success would look like and obviously we've got the Olympics to look forward to. I've never been ever been part of an Olympics before, been to Euros and World Cups, um, but my eyes are firmly fixed on the Olympics and wanting to do well there and wanting to get a gold medal. Uh, and I think, you know, it's, it's a realistic target to have because the talent that we've got uh, in the Great Britain team is, will be outstanding. Lucy Bronze there, Manchester City and England defender and hoping to be Team GB defender as well, of course. Uh, I'm sure only injury will keep her out of that squad potentially, so fingers crossed she can stay fit. But scary that she's saying she's not even hit her top form yet, Jenna Scalacci. Yeah, really scary because she's she's absolutely on fire and has been for years. And you only look through her trophy cabinet to, to see how well she has done. And I mean, it's great for England. It's great for the WSL that she actually thinks she's not reached her peak yet. So I can't wait to see her at her peak. Yeah, Katie, I mean, talking about Manchester City in particular, we're, we're going to run through the FAWSL table before we leave. But City in fourth at the moment, they're six points behind, uh, no, they're eight points behind Manchester United. Uh, but it does seem as if the Champions League is what they've got in their sights. I think so, yeah. I think that they're hitting form just at the right time. I think they had such a poor start to the season that it really does feel like the WSL, with it being such a small league anyway with so few teams, is way beyond their reach now when it isn't going to be about how well they do in Europe. And I think the fact that they are coming to form now and not just Lucy Bronze is getting better, but Caroline Weir is a player that's really stepping up to them. Sam Mewis is continuing to be excellent. So I think they've got a lot of players that could really make an impact on the European stage if they stay in the form that they're in at the moment.
Mm, and domestically, it promises to be a really exciting end to the season as well. This is how the table's looking at the moment. Manchester United on 26 points, having played 10. Arsenal also played 10, four points behind on 22. Chelsea with two games in hand, two points behind Arsenal, six points off the top. Manchester City, as I said, on 18, having played nine. Then it's Everton in fifth, Reading sixth, Birmingham seventh, Tottenham eighth, Birmingham City ninth and then the bottom three West Ham on seven points Aston Villa on six points and Bristol City adrift on two Aston Villa by the way have signed Japan captain Manar Iwabuchi um, who'll join the WSL club in January so hopefully that will help Gemma Davis's side out um, so in the championship as we mentioned Leicester atop Durham just behind them uh, just one point behind them in fact Liverpool third Sheffield United fourth then it's Blackburn Rovers Lewis London City, Crystal Palace, Coventry United, London Bees and Charlton propping up the table. Uh, right, so that's our last show before Christmas. Jenna Scalacci, it's been a pleasure. No, and you, it's been great to be on. I hope everyone has a lovely Christmas. And you as well. What are your plans? Not much, to be honest. No, do you know what? That was a really <laughs> stupid question to ask in this time. Katie Wyatt, my, my producer's rolling her eyes at me. No, Faye, no, Faye. No one has any fun plans, I'm afraid. Listen, we'll make 2021 fun for you all instead, I'm sure. Uh, Katie Wyatt, lovely to chat to you again. Great. Thank you so much for having me on. All right. Always great to hear from you. Right. Pleasure to have both Jenna Scalacci, Katie Wyatt, Lucy Bronze as well. And of course, all of you as ever. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting us in 2020 as well. Have a wonderful Christmas break. Next week, we will be bringing you the best of Women's Football Weekly from 2020. So tune in to hear some of the best interviews, guests and discussions that we've had. And as ever, if you miss any of our show or you want to listen back to any of our lockdown specials, Download the Women's Football Weekly podcast via the TalkSport app. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.